Amen. Let's give him one more hand, you guys. Congratulations, ladies, and good morning, Livingstones. It is great to be with you guys today. I'm so thankful to be able to share. We had a lot going on this morning, but it's, a, it's an exciting morning to be here. Um, so first of all, just uh, wanted to just welcome everybody who's here. If you are here with us for the first time today, let me just tell you how grateful we are to have you with us. If you would do us a giant favor, pull out your phone and just text the word hello to 574-633-1574. It just helps us to get to know you a little bit more. You can hear a little bit more about who we are as a church as well. And so I would appreciate if you would be willing to do that for us. Um, I have uh, two things, two short things I want to share with you before we get into our message. The first one is with summer here, it is a great time just to get to know a lot of our neighbors in, in our neighborhood here. And so starting this Thursday at from 2 o'clock to 3.30, we're going to be heading over to Miami Hills and ministering to and getting to know some of the kids that live in the Miami Hills uh, area over there. We're going to be doing games, crafts, books, sports, all kinds of things, just to, just to get to know and to be a blessing to our Miami Hills neighbors over there. And so if that is something you might be interested in, if you have some time on Thursday afternoons, you'd love to come and just love on and minister to the kids over at Miami Hills. We'd love to have you be a part of that. You can email Angie at Angie at Livingstones.cc. She'll give you all the information about that. But we're going to be doing that every Thursday through the rest of the summer, just heading over to Miami Hills and just loving and blessing our neighbors over there. And then on Wednesday at 5 o'clock, this Wednesday at 5 o'clock, we are going to go door-to-door to distribute flyers over at Miami Hills just to invite the kids to come be a part of that. And so if you can't come on Thursdays, but you have some time on Wednesday at 5 o'clock, you can meet us here. We're going to head over there and just distribute flyers and just, again, let them know how uh, loved and appreciated all of them are over at Miami Hills. And then my last announcement is about our Inside Out Tuesdays. We've been having a wonderful time on our Tuesday evenings here. The kids have had a lot of great activities that they're learning, just some different tools in their toolboxes as far as how to handle and process and deal with different emotions uh, and feelings that they have. And then in the, in, for the adults, we've been gathering here. And this past Tuesday, we had Jeremiah Wright from Right Directions Counseling Service come and share with just how to some strategies about dealing with stress and anxiety. It was a great time, great uh, conversation, great questions that were asked. This coming Tuesday, I have actually a good friend of mine. His name is Paul Spasik. He is a marriage and family counselor. He's been doing that for a long time. He's going to be coming and sharing with the adults uh, really about how we can be a help and a support to those who are dealing with mental and emotional struggles. Like, how do, how do we help and, and be there for people that are struggling in those ways? And so if you haven't been able to join us on Tuesdays, it's not too late to come be a part of it. So you can go to livingstones.events slash inside out to get all of the details on that. So with that, we are going to take up our morning tithes and offerings and pray over that. I appreciate uh, everybody who's continued to be faithful in your giving. You guys make this possible. You make us going and ministering to our neighbors right here in our community possible as well. And so whether, whether you're giving here in the, in the room through the uh, tithe envelopes and the boxes at the back or you give online or through the app, um, I just want to tell you how grateful we are for your continued generosity and faithfulness in giving. So let's pray and then we will get into our message this morning. 
And Father, we just love you and thank you, God, for your continued provision in our lives, Lord. We thank you that you uh, have put us, you've placed us here, Lord, for such a time as this, Lord, to be, uh, uh, to make an impact in this community and in this neighborhood, Lord. And I pray, Father, that as your people give generously, as they give faithfully, Lord, that you're going to use this offering, Lord, to make a difference, Lord, that lives are going to be impacted by what your people do and what they give here. Lord, I'm just thankful for it and just pray that you would bless uh, everybody as they give this morning. Lord, that you would just bless the remainder of our time here today. Lord, that you would open our hearts to hear from you. Lord, we love you and we thank you, God, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you guys know we've been in our Inside Out series where we've been using the, the movie Inside Out as a springboard in talking about just different feelings and emotions that every single one of us deal with. That in week one, we, we talked about how God created, we're created in God's image, and we were made as physical beings. We were made as spiritual beings, but we were also made as emotional beings as well. And that how the, these very powerful emotions and feelings that we have, how do we process, how do we deal, and how do we handle with the different things that all of us feel and deal with? And so last Sunday, we talked about anger. We talked about anger last week, and, and we had a great conversation about that, that very powerful emotion. Well, this morning, the character in Inside Out that we're going to be talking about is fear. Is fear. Now, if you've seen the movie at all, you know that fear's job is to protect Riley, is to keep her safe. He, he's, he's always worrying. He's constantly uh, on the lookout for potential disasters, dangers, evaluating the different pitfalls and, and risks and things that Riley is facing in her life. And pr pretty much he feels like any activity is just rife with danger. Like any activity is, is always going to be dangerous and he's always thinking through different scenarios of, of what it is that could go wrong in Riley's life. And it, isn't that what fear does in all of our lives? Constantly worrying about, oh, well, this could go wrong and what if this happens? And, and worrying about that. Well, in 2020, like there was obviously a lot that was said about fear. You know, there was a lot of things that we faced in 2020 having to deal with fear. And, and so this morning, we're actually going to talk about fear's close cousin, which is anxiety. Anxiety. And, and when I looked up anxiety in the dictionary, this is what came up, that anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome something with an uncertain outcome. And so as we, as we begin and look at anxieties, we look at fear this morning, I, I want to begin by saying these are extremely complex emotions. Fear and anxiety, extremely complex emotions because they can be physiological emotions. They, they can be something that we're dealing with physiologically. It can be emotional. It can be situational. It can be spiritual. And, and so in, in week one, like I said, we, we shared about how we're physical beings, we're spiritual beings, but we're also emotional beings. And so we, when we look at an issue like fear or like anxiety, I want to look at it from a, a holistic standpoint. And, and by that, I, I mean, when we're dealing with anxiety, there, there's multiple different approaches that we can have in dealing with it. Like for one, we might have to go, if, if we're dealing with anxiety, we may have to go talk to a doctor who might, you know, suggest a different diet for us or, or supplements or, or maybe some medication in dealing with anxiety. You may need help from a counselor 
and being able to talk through, all right, what are, what are the fears? What are the things that you are struggling with that you're anxious about? And, and neither of those are bad things. In fact, I would argue that to, to truly deal with fear and anxiety in our life, each one of those need to be a part of the equation that, that we're dealing with. But, t- but today, I'm going to be talking about anxiety from a spiritual perspective. I mean, this is really the only perspective I'm qualified to, to talk on. And, and, and really kind of look at how did Jesus deal with anxiety in his life? How did he deal with anxiety? Now, now, talking about anxiety, talking about fear, it raises the question that if I feel anxious, have I failed God? If I feel anxious, have, have I let God down? Am, am I not living by faith? Is it a sin to be anxious? Very, very similar to the question we asked last week. Is it a sin to be angry? Now, now my, my early church background, it would have been an emphatic Yes. Like, if you felt fear anxious, you just weren't trusting God enough. That you just didn't have enough faith. That there was something wrong with you if you were dealing with fear, anxiety. You're, you're just, maybe there's something wrong with your walk with God. And let me, let me emphatically say that feeling anxious is not a sin. It's not wrong to feel, angry, or feel anxious. It's very much like anger that we said last week. Anger in and of itself is not a sin. It, it can lead to sinful behavior, but anger itself is not a sin. It's the same way with anxiety, with fear. In and of itself, it is not a sin. It can lead us to f- sinful behavior, though. And, it, and in fact, it may surprise you that when we objectively look at Jesus's life, he actually faced extraordinary anxiety, especially towards the end of his life when he was looking at what he was going to be facing, when he was looking at the things that he was going to have to deal with in his life. Jesus, the perfect son of God, dealt with anxiety himself. And so I want to look this morning at how did Jesus deal with it? How did he handle it? What did he do to wrestle with these feelings of anxiety that he had? Now, now as we read the gospel accounts, when Jesus felt anxiety, when, when anxiousness rose up in his life, he talked about it. He verbally talked about it. And, and so this morning we're going to look in Mark chapter 14 and observe how Jesus talked when anxiety reared its head in his life. So the, the, the very first thing that Jesus did, the first thing that Jesus did when he felt anxious was that he talked to his friends. The very first thing Jesus did when he felt anxiety in his life he talked to his friends. Like when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling anxious, when there's a heaviness and a weight on our lives, it's wise for us to talk to godly, wise, spiritual friends in our life. Now, now not just anybody. It, it might not be good to go talk to your drinking buddies at the local bar. You know, like I, people that are going to head down at that road of fear and anxiety with you. You have to be discerning about who you're talking to. But it is a great idea to talk to wise and spiritual counsel. Now, now to give you a little context of where we are in Mark 14, when Jesus was dealing with this tremendous fear and anxiety, this actually took place after the Last Supper, where Jesus was gathered together with his 12 closest friends, and the, the, the meal was done, and, and, and Judas, one of the 12, had slipped away. He was getting ready to betray Jesus. And, and if you know, Jesus knew what was coming. He knew what was about to happen. He knew Judas was going to go and turn him over to the authorities. 
Now, if that's not a, 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 a recipe for anxiety, I don't know what is. And, and, and so he begins, Jesus begins to talk to his friends. In Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 32, it says that they, meaning Jesus and his friends, went to a place called Gethsemane, which, which literally means the crushing. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And then he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Now think, think about that for just a moment. Jesus, the, the perfect, sinless Son of God, was deeply distressed and troubled. The, the way the message paraphrase says it is that he plunged into a sinkhole of dreadful agony. Like, is there anybody here who's ever felt like they were in a sinkhole of dreadful agony? I've been there. And, I mean, and I wonder, like, you know, you, when we think about this, you know, like being in a, in a sinkhole where your heart is, is just pounding, it's hard to catch your breath, the darkness and panic all around, that, that's, what, that's what comes to my mind when I think of this. And so what did, what did Jesus do? When, when he began feeling greatly distressed and troubled, when he felt like he was in this sinkhole of agony, what did Jesus do? Because he knew the horror that was coming. Even though he was completely innocent, he was going to be arrested, tortured, and executed by crucifixion, probably the most painful and humiliating way to die. And even worse than that, he was sinless, perfect in every way, and he was about to become sin to sacrifice his life for you and I. Scripture says he was about to become sin. And, and so Jesus, the, the Son of God, who enjoyed perfect fellowship with, with his heavenly Father at all times, was about to have to be t completely alone. Where, where God the Father, when, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, when he became sin for us, God the Father had to turn away, had to look away, that in his, in his holiness he could not look upon Jesus in that moment. And in the most anguishing moment of Jesus' life, he cries out, My God! My God! Wh where are you? Why have you left me? Why have you forsaken me? Jesus knew all of this was about to transpire. Like, is it, is it any wonder he was troubled and greatly distressed? And in, in the middle of this emotional sinkhole, watch the, the honesty and the raw transparency by which Jesus talks to his friends. In verse 34, he says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Like, in, in other words, I ache so much on the inside that I don't know that I'm going to be able to survive. Like, that, that's how much anguish I'm in right now. He says, stay here and keep watch. Like, I, I need you now more than I can possibly describe. You might not be able to take away this anxiety from me, but I just need you close. I just need you near me in this moment. Like Jesus talked to his friends. And, and I've seen this so many times in my own life and in the lives of others that, that I wonder if one of the reasons that so many people deal with anxiety in their lives is because so many of us are lacking genuine, true, life-giving, faith-building community that we don't have people to share our struggles, share our troubles with. 
Like when we don't have good, godly, encouraging friends to talk with, it leaves us open. It leaves us susceptible to believing whatever rumor or bad news or bad report comes our way. Like this, this last year, quarantine and isolation was devastating. It was devastating that in a year that was, that was completely filled with fear, we were then forced to be isolated and, and alone. Like if we go way back to the beginning of the book in Genesis, God said to Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. Like we were made to be in relationship with one another. It's, it's the power of with. Like when we're dealing with something, when we're going through something, when, when we're struggling and wrestling through something, we need good godly people to walk through it with us. To walk through it with us. Like Jesus, the, the sin, sinless and perfect Son of God, said to his friends, I need you. I need you in this moment. Like my heart is overwhelmed. I feel like I'm not going to be able to make it. Will you just be close to me? Will you be near me right now? That was the first thing Jesus did. He talked when he felt that overwhelming sinkhole of agony. He talked to his friends. The second thing Jesus did is that he talked to his father, his heavenly father. Now, I, I don't know if this causes any anxiety with you at all, but like when you're driving down the road and you hear a ding, and then all you see, you see a light pop up on your dash, you know, like so, sometimes it's like the exclamation mark that just says your tire pressure is low, or maybe the check engine light comes on. And when you think about those indicator lights, those indicator lights themselves are not the problem. They're alerting you to an issue. Those lights are saying, hey, there's an issue here in your car. You should get it taken care of. You should get it checked out. You should go talk to somebody who knows what to do. And in some ways, anxiety is very much like that. When we are feeling anxiety in our life, it's alerting us to something that's off. It's saying, Mary, it's time to pray. Anxiety is, is letting us know it's time to pray. I heard somebody say one time that if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And so if you're worried about your marriage, be praying about your marriage. If you're worrying about the, your job or the economy, pray about your job or the economy. If you're worried about a decision you have to make, pray about that decision. Like if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Like somebody needs to hear that. If it's on your mind, if it's weighing on you, it is on God's heart. And, and Peter said in 1 Peter 5, he said for us to cast all of our anxiety, all of our cares upon God because he cares for us. That when we have a burden, when we have something on our heart that is weighing us down, to cast those cares before God, to cast that anxiety before him because he cares for us. Jesus talked to his friends, but then he talked to his heavenly Father. In verse 35, it says, Going a little farther, he fell to the ground, and he prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Like, here, here's what I love about Jesus' prayer. Like, Jesus is so honest He's so, he's so real. He doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. He's just saying, I don't want to do what I know I have to do. I don't want to suffer in the way that I know I'm going to be suffering. I don't want to go through all of this. 
And let me tell you, like, that's what God wants to hear from us. When we are feeling anxious and fearful and overwhelmed and worried, God just wants to hear from us. He wants to hear your, your honest gut cry to him. Like, I don't think I can take this anymore. I don't know that I'm going to make it. God, I'm finding it hard to trust you right now in this moment. I don't see any good that is coming out of this. God, where are you? Things are falling apart. I know you could, and then you didn't. God, I don't understand. This hurts. Like, God wants us just to be real. We don't have to have these, these flowery prayers where we're just always full of faith all the time. Sometimes we just need to say, God, I hate this. God, I don't like this. God, I, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm worried. I'm afraid. And I don't know what to do. It's okay. Jesus talked to his friends. He talked to his heavenly father. And the third thing Jesus did is he talked to his feelings. He talked to himself. Now, like we've all heard people say things like follow your heart and trust your feelings. And let me just tell you, don't do that. Like, like, like if, if, if I'm honest, if, if I followed my feelings, I'd probably be in jail by 2 o'clock. <laughs> like, like, there's... <laughs> I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like, there's all kinds of things I feel like doing that I just shouldn't do. Like, our feelings are real. They're important, but our feelings aren't who we are. And so sometimes we need to tell our feelings, you're not going to be the one that leads me here. You're not the one driving this ship and being able to speak truth to our feelings. Because let, let's be honest, there are some mornings I don't feel like getting up and getting out of bed. There's some days I don't feel like speaking honorably towards somebody and being loving and caring. There's times I don't feel like, well, not sometimes, I never feel like paying my taxes. <laughs> there's all kinds of things that I don't feel like doing. Or there's all kinds of things I do feel like doing. Yeah, I shouldn't do that. There's things I feel like I want to say and I just, I just need to shut my mouth. Because just because I feel something doesn't mean that it's true. Just because I feel a certain way doesn't mean that it's true. And, and, and we know this because how many times have we felt anxious? Have we felt worried? Have we felt fear about something that didn't end up happening? That those feelings, they weren't, like we felt it, but it wasn't necessarily true. And, and this is what Jesus did in verse 36, where he says, Abba, Father, he said, Everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Like, God, th this is not what I want. This isn't what I want. This is how I'm feeling, but not my will, but, God, your will be done. Like, what did, what did Jesus feel like? He didn't wake up this morning just wanting to be rejected. He didn't wake up that morning wanting to be abused or falsely accused or stripped naked, humiliated, mocked, despised, rejected. He didn't wake up feeling like any of those things. But he told his feelings, I'm not following what I feel. I'm going to follow God's plan, not my will, but God, your will be done in my life. I might feel this in the moment, but God, I'm trusting you. 
I'm not following my feelings, Lord. I'm following you. We need to be able to tell our feelings the truth. Times when we feel like maybe, maybe God doesn't really love me and reminding ourselves that God is love. And God so loved the world, he so loved you that he sent his one only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. We need to remind ourselves of that. Times where we feel alone and that nobody cares, that we remind our feelings that God has given me the right people in my life and that God will never leave me nor forsake me. That when I feel like I can't go on, reminding myself that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Like, what, what did Jesus do when he felt anxious? Like, he stumbled into the Garden of Gethsemane, almost unable to stand under the weight of the soul-crushing anxiety in his life. He talked to his friends. He talked to his father. He talked to his feelings. And it worked. It worked. When the soldiers came to arrest him, when they beat him mercilessly, when he went through this unjust trial, and then when he was executed with humiliation, what did he do? Jesus said, no man takes my life. No man takes my life. Like he was resolute. He was strong. He was full of faith. He was determined. Nobody takes my life. I freely lay it down. When he came into the garden, he was in that sinkhole of despair, completely overwhelmed, stressed, worried, anxious. He walked out of the garden full of faith and encouraged. Like he had anxiety, and God helped him push through to accomplish the mission that he was on. Now, when I, when I read through Scripture, and this is where I'm going to close today, when I read through Scripture, and Paul, he, he's rotting in a, in a Roman prison cell. He wrote a letter to the church in Philippi. And it has in here probably one of the most powerful Scriptures when it comes to dealing with anxiety and fear for us. And, and Paul, like, he had some street cred to be able to talk about anxiety, like sitting in this Roman prison cell, he had no idea what was coming his way. He didn't know what was next. He didn't know what was, what was going to happen to him, what fate awaited him as he was just rotting in this cell. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, he says, Do not be anxious about anything. Now, Paul, he, he's not writing this as a rebuke or a correction. He's not shaming us when we do feel anxious or when we do feel fearful, when we have worries, but he's writing it as a loving father who's trying to encourage his children, reminding us, don't be anxious about your job, about, about your marriage, about the choices your children are making. Like, don't be anxious about anything, but instead, in every situation, by prayer and petition, instead of being anxious, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Share your heart with God. And watch this, because the very same thing that Jesus experienced, Paul says, this is what we can have. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Like, think about what that scripture is telling us. Saying, don't be anxious about anything. But instead, instead of being anxious... In every situation, whatever it is we're facing, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
Lord, thank you that you're going to see me through what I don't want to go through. Present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Not our own peace that we might try to muster up. Not the peace that we think maybe having financial security or more money would bring. Not, not, the, not the peace that this world offers, but the peace of God that, that nothing can take away from us. Like God is with you. He's for you. And so to close our service today, I, I'm, I'm going to close it a little bit differently, and, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask something kind of bold of, of everybody in, in the room here this morning. That if you've been dealing with any kind of anxiety or fear or worry in your life, would, would you be willing to stand right now? Stand right now. Like, I, I would be the very first one standing up because I've been wrestling with fear and worry and anxiety in my life. Like, that's most of us in the room right now. I want you to know that though we might be wrestling with some very real emotions, some very real feelings, anxiety, fear, worry, that we have a God that says, I can offer you a peace, that my peace that surpasses all understanding, that will guard your heart, that will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. I'm going to pray for all of us right now. And if you would, would you just hold out your hands right now as, as if you're accepting this peace that God has given to you. Lord, I, I just thank you, God, that you are with us, that you are for us. God, that you offer us a, a peace that the world cannot give and the world can't take it away. God, that, that you have offered us a peace, Lord, that, that when we come to you and, and we are saying, Lord, that I feel fear, I feel anxiety, I feel worry in my life. Lord, that Peter said that we cast all of our anxiety on you because you care for us, Lord. And that's what we do here this morning, Lord. All of the burdens that we've been having on our shoulders, Lord, we take them off and we lay them down at the foot of the cross this morning. Lord, we are casting them before you. And by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, God, thanking you, God, that you are going to see us through the things that we're worried about, the things that we're overwhelmed by, the things that we're anxious about. God, that you are going to see us through, Lord. And I pray, God, that your supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding would be ours here this morning, Lord. We receive it today in faith. Lord, that you would guard our hearts, you would guard our minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we love you. We thank you. We receive your peace this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward right now. We're going to take communion. Angela, would you grab one of my communions? Uh, on your way up here. And if you would, if you could stay standing as we take communion this morning. Thank you very much, sweetheart. I tell you how thankful I am for the body and the blood of Jesus. I'm so thankful for that, that, that when he was in that garden of the Gethsemane and he was saying, Father, I don't know if I have what it takes to go through what you're asking me to go through but I'm willing to do it anyways. I'm willing to trust you. That his body, he allowed his body to be broken and his blood to be shed for every single one of us.
that his peace would be ours. And so as we take the bread together, let's thank him right now. Thank you, God, for your body that was broken for us. Now let's take the cup together right now. Lord, we thank you for your blood that was spilled so that we could enjoy and experience your peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, we love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together one more time.